0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about mindfulness and specifically we're talking about mindfulness in relation to clutter. Clutter and organization so we're going to be talking about what it is the benefits of mindfulness are and how those benefits can actually either affect our clutter or help us be more organized and then we're going to have a little bit of a chat about how you can
0: practice mindfulness as well in your everyday life. So I guess we should probably define mindfulness because a lot of people I think know think they know what it is and some people just use mindfulness and meditation kind of interchangeably. But to explain it further, mindfulness is about maintaining a moment by moment awareness of our thoughts, our feelings, uh, sensations we might be feeling in our body, uh, the environment around us, and, you know, kind of tuning in, checking in with these things and being really present. When we're practicing mindfulness, We're really tuned into what we're feeling and what we're sensing in that present moment rather than existing in the past or existing in the future. You know, when our head goes forward Mm -hmm. or our head goes back, it's kind of eliminating that and being really centered and grounded in the moment. So that kind of. How you feel about it, Beck? Yep, yep. And as well as um, forward and backwards, sometimes your mind can just go
1: sideways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's my experience. When I was when I was listening to you, then I was thinking, yep, there's because you're thinking about all the things you have to do, or you're thinking about what has happened to you in the past. But sometimes, like I'm also thinking sideways as well, just about not things I have to do, but just processing other thoughts. I don't know where they've come from, but I'm just processing other thoughts. Maybe it's daydreaming like daydreaming because daydreaming is kind of a mixture of past and future and made up stuff Uh, so maybe it's sort of that daydreaming sense as well I think um can take us out of mindfulness as well
0: yeah so are you would you say you're a particularly mindful person Beck? is it something that you (laughs) practice uh did you just meet me
1: No. I try I try hard and I've wor- I'm working hard on it because I have researched the benefits of mindfulness and I know how amazing it is to amazing it is for you if you practice mindfulness. But naturally, I am not particularly mindful. So like I was saying, I'm usually off with the fairies and so I'm not particularly mindful and a lot of my clutter issues when I have them usually it's more messiness is caused by a lack of mindfulness and we'll talk about a little bit about that later so I definitely you know like forgetting what I've walked into a room for and stuff like that I attribute a lot of that to my lack of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and if I put something down that's not in its home I won't remember where I put it because I wasn't thinking when I put it down so I'm I do tend to be not particularly mindful but I am working really hard on it and it's something that and this is why we're doing a podcast on it because it is top of mind for me at the moment and I do see that it's something that you know I really would like to do more of
0: yeah it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment isn't it well not just at the moment it's been around for a while but I think maybe people are really uncovering the benefits Mm. and you know well science is yeah yeah that's the thing like it, it now
1: that science has noticed it there are all these studies that will are proving whether or not mindfulness is is worth practicing or not whereas before it was more anecdotal I
0: think I waver I have tried to be I've tried to increase my mindfulness and have tried you know doing mindfulness meditations and things like that but that doesn't quite gel with me I don't know if it's my lack of willpower or if I just haven't mm-hmm. found what works for me perfectly yet oh
1: I'm, I'm excited about that because I listened to a podcast and someone with your personality was talking and I'll, I'll, I'm gonna talk about it later but they struggled and the way that the other person described a way that, to help them I think would help you as well so we can we can talk a little bit about that
0: I was going to say one thing so I did a earlier in the year I went to a Kiki K mindfulness workshop and we got like a mindfulness journal and you know there's some great stuff in there haven't used it a lot I must admit but I I am (laughs) intending to that's the chance with with most Kiki K stuff people buy it and then yeah <laughs> use it. it's it is the it's definition beautiful. of aspirational clutter isn't it it really is yeah yeah <laughs> um, so but one of the things we did in that workshop has really stuck with me and that was like finding one thing that you do every day and if you can't be mindful all day every day pick a time during the day to really kind of reset yourself and come yeah. back to center and I do that when I make a cup of tea and I think because it happens to I probably make a cup of tea two or three times a day, but I do, I use loose leaves in my tea. I put it in a teapot. Like there's a, it's like a mini ritual. And so I've kind of, when we sat in that workshop, we went through one process that we do every day that we could be really grounded and present in. And I was like, okay, for me, it will be making a cup of tea because it's like Mm. this little mini ritual. So for that three minutes, morning, noon, and night, I, I, I am very mindful and I'm very grounded and very present. The rest of the day, maybe not so much, but that's mm. my that's my starting point and that works for me. Yeah,
1: and that's what I've been trying to do as well. Mm. For me, it's folding, oh. folding and oh, no. making I the bed. I definitely don't want to be and... present
0: when I'm folding. <laughs> I want to be as far away in reality TV land as possible when I'm folding. Yeah, no, I love
1: it for some reason. I do it without any other stimulus. I do it without listening to anything or watching anything. Yeah, it's kind of my thing Mm. anyway we've jumped ahead yes we were going to talk first about the benefits of mindfulness so there's a whole swag of research now that is outlining all of the benefits and there is always new stuff coming out because scientists are testing other possible benefits. So they might sort of suspect, you know, does it lower your blood pressure? So they'll do a study on that. And they'll say, does it make your hair grow faster? So they'll do a study on that. So there's all these different benefits of mindfulness are all popping up all the time. And some of them are being debunked as well as they do the testing of them. So if you do your research, you'll find heaps of them there. Uh, but we've got a couple that we're going to just quickly go through and we'll put all of the links to the studies in our show notes. But we just want to outline these benefits and then we're going to talk about how they might relate to your, uh, the complexity of your life and um, clutter, physical and mental clutter in your life.
0: Hmm. So where should we start? What's, what do you think one of the greatest benefits is, Beck? The first one on my list
1: is a reduction in anxiety. And they, there was a study done by Massachusetts General Hospital that looked at um, people with general anxiety disorder. And these people were uh, put in an eight-week group and they were put through a mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy. And they, the results showed that those people did have a um, significantly greater reduction in anxiety than a control group. So that's one of the things. Another study I found said that focusing on the present through the practice of mindfulness can actually reduce your levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Hmm. And we all know, well, no, we all, don't all know, but there are studies that talk a lot about the impact of high levels of cortisol on your body uh, over the long term as well and then they're not good. It, cortisol is a great thing in, in, for the, in the way it's meant to be used uh, and it's meant to be used in short, sharp, Intense doses, and then it's meant to sort of go away. But when you're stressed, you have a, a chronically high level of cortisol, which can do long term damage to your body.
0: Yeah, isn't that that's related to adrenal fatigue, isn't it? So, Is right? I
1: don't know. Oh. You're probably
0: right. Yeah, I think. Well, <laughs> Google that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, because I don't
1: know, but it sounds like it.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think historically, when um, we weren't so chronically stressed. You know, You, your body would release cortisol uh, to get you out of a situ- stressful situation, the whole fight or flight yep. type mode. The yeah. problem is these days we feel we don't just have these tiny bursts of stress. We feel stress all day, every day, and everything kind of is at tipping point. So we, uh, mm-hmm. our bodies are overproducing cortisol and then our adrenal glands get fatigued, although I um, think yeah. adrenal fatigue has not been... Uh, classified as a medical thing yet you know what I mean like I think they're still researching it but burnout I think is quite closely related to that overproduction of cortisol anyway clearly don't have a medical degree
1: (laughs) yeah this is the thing I was saying I don't know much about it either I just know that I've read it and I don't remember the details but that cortisol has um, quite a few different effects on on your body for sure
0: Mm you can kind of appreciate how being mindful if you were to you know take a deep breath come back to the moment if you're in a stressful situation it just would kind of reset you and ground you rather than you know quite often and we all whether we experience anxiety disorders or just you know general Mm, bits of stress stress. we all get into those moments where our kind of our actions and our words happen so automatically we don't have a a moment to think about them and hold stuff back or consider the mm-hmm. way we're reacting we all just react so to be mindful be really present think how am i feeling acknowledge those feelings take a breath and then reset yeah. and and then proceed you can see how straight away that would lower stress because you're not just jumping straight in and being really reactive you're being a bit more considered so yeah you can appreciate yeah. appreciate how Definitely. that works
1: and even if you are not actively stopping and, you know, that active mindful that mindfulness practice that we were talking about before, even if you're not stopping yourself and doing it, over time when you, especially if you practice meditation, so even the, the making of the tea, that ritual there is almost like a meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's not a formal meditation but you're practicing that mindfulness and when you're actually doing that, What you're doing is you're actually wiring, you're rewiring your brain a little bit and you're creating new neural pathways. And what that does is it then allows your brain to be better at automatically coming back to the present, Mm -hmm. even when you're not thinking about it. And so it can reduce your anxiety because instead of you constantly thinking about, what's happened and, and mulling over what's happened and re, um, regrets and all those kinds of things that sort of come up or constantly worrying about the future and what's going to happen, your brain is, if you're practising it at certain times, then at other times your brain is going to be better at just bringing you back without you noticing and reducing those anxieties. Because if you're thinking about the past or thinking about the future, there's there's things in there that aren't, aren't good. You know, you can, and if you're naturally a worrier or you tend towards the the negative or the, the the you catastrophize a little bit then you're not going to be when you're in the past you're not going to be remembering all the good times you're going to be worrying about things that went wrong and the same goes with the future you're you're more likely to worry than to you know fantasize about how great something's going to be and so you know they're all they're negative emotions and so if your brain can automatically bring you back then that will reduce that overall anxiety
0: yeah and possibly as well being present in the moment in those stressful situations you might start to see the patterns or the links you might start to be able to identify what things continually cause you stress rather than just feeling like Mm. you're constantly stressed if you go hang on check in with myself why am I feeling like this I'm feeling like this because this scenario is out of control. And then, you know, two days later, I'm feeling like this because this is out of control. Okay, obviously, you know, there's this pattern of whenever I feel out of control, I Mm. get stressed, I get snappy, I react, I blah, blah, blah. How can I mitigate that so I'm not continually in situations that I feel out of control? You know, or whatever it is, Mm. you know, I guess bringing yourself back to that moment, you might start to see some of those patterns. patterns. Mm.
1: They've also done studies on depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people with depression, they think they think, well, there's evidence to suggest that it may help to prevent and cure depression. Definitely prevent. Uh, there's been a study by a professor at Oxford University talking about uh, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. So we have cognitive behavioural therapy, um, which has all often been used to. Treat anxiety and depression. But this one is a combination of mindfulness based stress reduction, which we talked about earlier for the anxiety, and cognitive behavioral therapy, which people use for both. And so, putting those two together, they've found that that has actually really helped prevent people from um, going into a depressive relapse. And then they're sort of thinking perhaps it will actually maybe cure people from depression as well i think that they've done that one study said that the mbct helped to prevent depression recurrence as effectively as maintenance antidepressant medication did
0: wow so that's pretty powerful yeah Mm. absolutely um just nice too for people to have options and alternatives or if they're feeling like the medication isn't working or they want to lower their dose that there's other strategies out there that they can use to get on top of it so yeah that's, mm, that's really interesting for sure uh, so what about focus
1: yes as we talked about before that's where my uh, <laughs> mindfulness needs to uh, that's the thing that I try to work on mindfulness to improve is is focus and you know there's one Harvard study which is particularly scientific and so I'm not even going to try to describe it describe it because it's about brain cells and the frequencies that they Mm. use to regulate the flow of information and so it kind of goes over my head for the most part but uh, basically the study showed that participants that went through an eight-week mindfulness training program made faster and significantly more pronounced attention-based adjustments to the alpha rhythm than those in the control group so basically they were more focused yeah (laughs) that's my non-scientific conclusion
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I guess then if you can apply that regularly, you just your efficiency and effectiveness would just, you know, really be improved.
1: Not just with small things like,
0: like you know, housework and remembering what you walked in a room for, but also (laughs) you think you know work tasks or you know solving complex problems. If you cannot let your head run away with those distractions and things like that. If you can really yep. kind of draw down and stay focused, imagine how efficient we could all be. Yeah,
1: <sighs> yeah exactly. That's my biggest challenge. Mm. Um, I have a very um, short attention span and my focus, you know, it just, runs away from me quite quickly so that's one of the main reasons that i'm doing my mindfulness practice because i don't really have depression or anxiety and uh, i have decent sleep which we're going to get to in a minute but i do have appalling focus and attention span so that's where i'm hoping that i get the benefits
0: i don't know that there would be a lot of people that would say they have great focus these days because i kind of i feel like how entire world is set up to keep us <laughs> distracted you know it like- is yeah
1: and that's why we're all worse because um we're being we're, our, our brains are being trained in the opposite direction mm. by our environment even if we don't choose it or even if we try and minimize it it's still happening to some degree
0: yeah and we're so we're so used to jumping from one thing to the other being told that we can effectively multitask and yeah. you know we all we've kind of been fed this idea that we have to constantly be available and be connected and all that kind of thing. So you can never, it feels like you can never completely draw down, you know, turn all the devices off, shut everything down. And I know people do this and they're probably, you know, far more effective at at work than I am. Mm. You know, get yourself free of every possible distraction. But see, then I always come back to, oh, but what if my kid gets hurt at school and the school needs to call me? I'll have my phone on silent, but I'll still have it there. And then you see the notifications pop up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, our world is designed for it. And so trying to work against it is Mm. tough. It's not as easy as just saying, oh, I'll just switch off. It's not that easy. So we need to find other ways to to protect our brains from the effects of it all. Yeah, and
0: I guess that's the thing is if we can't, exist 24/7 in a really mindful state. It's about finding those windows and those opportunities to come back to that. And I guess eventually mm. you're just going to improve. It'll
1: become yeah. More automatic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what we need it to do. We need it to be automatic. We need
1: it, our brain to actually do mm-hmm. it for us <laughs> because we we are being pulled in all sorts of different directions. So if our brain is just trained to bring us back then we'll reap the benefits then so but we have we do have to put the work in but we don't have to put the work in 24 7 in order to get the benefits
0: yeah so what about sleep then how does it affect sleep uh apparently researchers indicated that
1: there's one research that i read about older adults that were diagnosed with sleep disturbances and um practicing mindfulness did result in a significant short-term improvement in their sleep quality Mm. so that was a, a really good thing and i would say that that could be a benefit for other people who might be suffering from sleep uh, problems.
0: Yeah, right. I don't, I have no issues with sleep so I don't know if it would, (laughs) I don't need more sleep. Mm, I don't don't need it to help me sleep anymore. I think my husband already thinks I sleep too much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you always go to bed later than him, is it because you sleep in later? Yeah, yep. He, That's it, or is it all the naps it's all the weekend naps
0: <laughs> it's that he nudges me on his way out the door in the morning and I'm in a coma and like his alarm's gone off he's got around you know got dressed got ready showered all you know lights on all that kind of stuff happens around me and yeah, I just yeah. sleep through it all and you're yep. still out to and it and then some mornings <laughs> I wake up and think oh I don't even remember him leaving today <laughs> bless him poor fella yeah.
1: but um Another one that I found was that it re, it can man, it help manage chronic pain. Oh, right. Which is so cool because chronic pain is obviously quite debilitating. So, um, they have found that MBSR can actually result in improvements in pain and anxiety and the ability ability to participate in daily activities for people suffering chronic pain. So, so yay. Yeah, right.
0: And is that just because people are checking in with how they feel regularly? Rather than just accepting have, it, do
1: you, I have no idea? We'd probably have to read the study to find out what they think. What they think the reason was, but yeah, I yeah. like I. Oh, they also did yoga as well, so mm. it was a combination of the mindfulness meditation and yoga. So it's had some effect on the. It would be, I would say, it's got something to do with the wiring in the mm. brain
0: and the pathways rewiring those pathways possibly. And I guess that there's a whole lot of stuff in the idea that when you're told that you have a, you know, a chronic illness that you think Mm. and act like you have a chronic illness rather than rechecking in with yourself regularly to go, is this a good day or a bad day? Or how do I feel today? I don't feel too bad. It's that mindset of I have a chronic illness. I'm going to feel bad every day. And you kind of actually Mm. don't notice the ups and downs because your mindset is focused on the fact Mm. that every day will be a down. Um, Yeah. I know that when I and even unconsciously we do that. Mm. Um, Sorry, you go. I remember when I used to do yoga regularly, and part of the practice was also was also about checking in. So we would stand there, eyes closed, for about three minutes, and she'd have us scan our bodies with our minds, like head to toe and like how how are my eyes feeling in their sockets, you know, how are my shoulders feeling? Are they feeling Mm. tense? Are they feeling relaxed? And we'd do this scan and you'd be like, hang on, I can tell I've got a massive knot in the middle of my back. And you're like, how have I been walking around all day and not even noticed that? But now that I'm standing here kind of Mm. paying attention to every part of my body, I can feel that and realise that that's really uncomfortable. But, you know, you just... The rest of your life, when you're not checking in with yourself, you Mm. just carry on and ignore Mm. it or don't notice it at all. And that, to me, when I was doing it regularly, became something that I used to do at home too. I'd like, I would notice more that, oh, my ankle's a bit sore today, might have a day off the running or, you know, Mm. whatever. It's quite interesting, this stuff. It is. And we have also completely unconscious reactions
1: to outside stimulus and and stuff like that. So I was really uh, listening to a podcast on uh, it was an episode on Hidden Brain, which is one of my favorite podcasts. It's so interesting. And it was about these the surgery of um what's that exploratory surgery that they do on knees? Um is it arthroscopy? Mm,
0: that sounds about I right. I think it was
1: arthroscopy. Yeah, and they there was a study done by a couple of surgeons and there's a lot of dispute in the amongst orthopaedic surgeons about this but one guy found that when he pretended to do an arthroscopy on a patient they reported an improvement and he mm. just pretended to do the arthroscopy so he they went through like they were told, they were told that they were part of a study, and that there were three groups. Um, one was going to have the arthroscopy, another one was going to um, just have the incisions made, and another one wasn't even going to be cut, I don't think. And the ones that didn't have the surgery both reported. Um, I, I think it was even. It might have even been a higher rate of improvement. To their knee joint than the ones that actually had the surgery so our brains are incredibly powerful when it comes to things like pain and somehow and I don't know how but somehow the mindfulness and um, the practicing of mindfulness can can affect that as well which i but i don't know enough about it to, to talk about how or why but it was you know that was a really interesting study that was yeah if anyone wants to listen to that podcast we'll put the link in because it was um pretty cool mm. pretty interesting all of the hidden brain ones though if you're interested in anything to do with human behavior hidden brain podcasts are awesome that okay enough plugging other people's podcasts. That, oh, i was gonna say that them.
0: brings us on to another benefit, which is increasing the gray matter in your brain uh, with mindfulness. So tell mm. us about that, Beck. What did you find out about that? Well, I was going to get you to tell us about that because I don't understand what it <laughs> means.
1: <laughs> so I found it as a benefit, but I don't, you're the, you've got the psych degree, so you might know more about this than me, but I actually don't even know what real gray matter is or what it does. So uh, yeah, I don't actually know what it does, but the the benefit of increasing brain grey matter, uh, apparently, according to these studies, um, work on the regions involved in memory and learning processes, regulation of emotion, self-referential processing, and taking perspective, and they that caught my attention because we use those processes a, a lot when we're proce- when we're processing clutter and getting organised and stuff like that. So that's how I noticed it. Do you know more about it than me? No. <laughs>
0: Okay. I've cool. just googled. That's all right. We don't have to know everything. We can just tell people that's a benefit, and then yeah, they can go and I've do just their own googled research. Googled Gray cool. matter, and uh, it it contains most of the brain's neural cell bodies, including muscle control, sensory okay. perception, seeing, hearing, memory, emotions, speech, decision making, self control, and it goes on. So it's so pretty, pretty much, much everything, everything we do. <laughs> um, okay. Cool okay well let's go deep with clutter then Beck uh, how does you know we've kind of said that mindfulness is amazing it gets a big tick or a gold star from us so how can it help us manage or manage our clutter or maintain a, a clutter free state how can it how can it help with that
1: the if we go back to all of those benefits um, the reduction in anxiety is going to have a big impact. So if we're feeling less anxious, then we are going to feel safer making decisions. We're going to make um, more rational decisions, I guess, and more helpful decisions. You'll cope um, with making those decisions that are necessary to physically part with your belongings a lot more easily if your overall anxiety is reduced.
0: Yeah, I think as well, the, the focus like we keep coming back to That would affect our clutter levels in huge ways, especially um, some of the creative types, and I'm not specifically looking at you, Beck, but maybe slightly (laughs) slightly sideways glancing. Um, (laughs) The people that start a project, you know, get all excited, all consumed by all the things and then kind of get distracted by the next thing and lose focus on that task or that project, um, and so that gets pushed to the side and then the next thing gets created. If you can kind of mm. uh, drill down and stay really focused on what you're doing and see it through, yeah, you're going to solve a whole lot of those, you know, creative and crafty clutter issues. But also yeah, then when sure. you're going through the process of decluttering rather than, you know, we always, I always find that with decluttering you kind of go through that wave of you make more mess before it gets yeah. tidier, you know, like you... Yeah, you pull things out and you have a while of like hang on I feel like I'm going backwards not forwards here if you're really focused on the task um, and you're mindful and you're present then you're more likely to see it through get through that hurdle to the to the end state and reach your goals so I think it could really help with that as well yeah for sure and if you're being mindful hopefully you're not walking into rooms and forgetting what you're doing there. You're (laughs) probably less likely to lose things or put things down definitely where you've put them. Mm,
1: Definitely. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing. Losing things is a lot about not being mindful. I remember I went through a phase where Mick would get frustrated with me because he does all of our finances and our books. And if a client gave me cash, I would be they would hand it to me while I was talking and because I'm uncomfortable with the whole being paid thing um, that's another issue I have to get over I will chatter to distract myself from the discomfort of taking money from people right Mm -hmm. and so always when people hand me money I'm rabbiting on about something or they're talking to me and so I would be concentrating on the conversation and the person and I would just stash the money somewhere on my person and then later have to look in every single pocket every single zipper section in my wallet in my bag in my briefcase (laughs) there would be in my pencil case I'd be having to search all these different places because I wasn't thinking about where I was putting the money I was just stashing it while I was doing something else and so there's a classic example of not actually being completely present at the time and therefore that causing me to lose money.
0: Yeah, well, I think so often we we just exist on autopilot, don't we? And this yeah, is the, yeah. you know, the other or the flip side of that. And how, like how many of us drive somewhere, especially if it's, you know, to work or to pick the kids up from school, that same drive that you do day in, day out, <laughs> and you get there and go, I don't even remember driving here <laughs> like I don't yeah, know exactly. where my head was but you know and yep. like you're present if a, you know hopefully if a ball flew in front of you or you know something like that you would be present enough to move out the way but you're not but you wouldn't. consciously you wouldn't. thinking about yeah exactly path.
1: you don't have to be present to swerve around something that gets in your way because your um, amygdala does that your amygdala yeah. goes ah Threat move and you move and then you think about it after you move. So we actually can drive a journey and stay safe purely because our subconscious knows where we're going and knows what to do when something gets in front of our face or there's a movement in our you know um, in our side vision or something like that. Our our, yeah. our brain actually puts that alarm up before we're even aware of it. So yeah, we don't even need to be, and that's why we end up not remembering any of the the, the journey. Um, and and it's why when I had Uh, Zoe start high school and I had to drive to two different schools that sometimes would be halfway to the primary school before she would say to me um did you forget to take me to school (laughs) because I didn't take the turn off that I needed to go to the high school before I went to the the primary school so um um, that's the yeah all that we work on autopilot so often
0: yep and it's just it's nice to kind of short circuit that autopilot because once you're aware of it you realize how often you operate on autopilot, and you think, "Yes, wow, we how many it. like yeah, we minutes so and hours of my life am I not even here for?" I'm just like, "Yeah, either away with the it's, fairies." It's or quite frightening. Just thinking about what's happening in five minutes, or in five hours, or in five weeks from now, you're not. You know, you are just you're not there.
1: Mm. Mm. So focus. Yeah. I
0: think that would be great.
1: Yeah, it will. Um, it's it's definitely and and I all of these benefits are largely unconscious. We don't, we don't know that we're, we're, we don't notice that we're feeling more mindful necessarily um, until you do a really like a long-term practice. But we are, even if you're just doing your small practices every day, then that is actually starting to filter into the areas during the day where you don't know what's happening but it is. So mm. if you feel like you're not good at practising mindfulness, and again we're going to talk about how to do it so that you don't have to worry about not being good at it, um if you do feel like you're not very good at it, then it doesn't matter. Just do it anyway, and there'll be benefits that you can't even see uh, happening. That that will happen. Um, one of the other benefits of better sleep, you know, if you if you've slept well, and you need to either declutter or make some difficult decisions or be strong saying no to additions to your uh, schedule or any time that you need to make difficult decisions if you've slept better then it's going to be easier to make those decisions as well so that's another way that mindfulness can have an effect on the the clutter in our lives is is just giving us more sleep yeah better
0: sleep definitely yeah um yeah the reduction in negative feelings i think would really help with some of our clutter issues as well because if you're you know generally feeling more positive you're probably not looking for that little burst of serotonin that you get when you buy the new shiny thing Um, yeah you're probably also feeling more positive more happy in yourself so you're probably less likely to hold on to things that don't serve you anymore Um, because I think I think once you're in a happier mental place and you let some of those negative feelings go firstly you make decisions more rationally but also you'll you stop looking for outside things to make you happy you start you know finding it in yourself and so that can definitely lead to a reduction in in not just bringing clutter in but also keeping it
1: yeah and when we're trying to declutter if we're our negative feelings are reduced we we tend less towards catastrophizing Mm. and our, our, our worst that what's the worst that could happen scenarios that go through our head are, are going to be a little bit more realistic and uh, we're, we're going to be less likely to just um, dwell on or, or exaggerate the possible negative consequences of of letting go of something if if we're sort of tending towards the more positive thought automatically
0: mm. how would how would depression how would that you know uh, reducing depression how would that affect us in regards to our clutter there's two ways that
1: depression affects our clutter levels that I I believe anyway. Um, when you have depression, you have lower motivation and you have an increased um, chance of decision-making anxiety. And both of those things, motivation and decision-making, are crucial in decluttering. So if your depression is managed or at a more manageable level, then those two impacts are going to have less of an effect.
0: Mm. And I guess lastly, once we've, you know, have decluttered and we're in our maintenance mode, if we're more mindful and we stop, you know, running around on autopilot, Mm. you you stop just putting stuff down and not thinking about where, you know, yeah. where it's going. If you're present in the moment and you walk in with a pile of mail, you don't just dump it in a pile on the bench because you're already thinking about what you're cooking for dinner tonight. You think, right, these bills, what do I need to pay them now? No, mm. I can, I'll pop them, you know, in the filing cabinet to pay next week. You know, like that whole thing yeah. of just they go in being a home, really intentional away. with your movements. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing we do—we dump things, you know. Um, we just put something down and move on to the next thing, and and we'll put it down when we're not thinking about it. So then we'll either lose it or it'll just stay there and and clutter up, you know, and then no one else can find it. And so maintaining a visually clutter-free home and maintaining a sense that things have a home and belong in them is a lot easier when we're paying attention to our actions and and what we're doing.
0: So let's talk briefly about how and now that everyone is sold everyone's like hands near woohoo we want to be more mindful <laughs> all right other than you know making your cup of tea with intention <laughs> what do we do Beck? how do we be mindful <laughs> you shouldn't laugh at that that's
1: a really good method um <laughs> it's 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 good what i really want to do is get an expert to come and give us a whole episode on pra- how to practice mindfulness yes. and mindfulness meditation because I think that that's it, it deserves more attention than what we can give it today. And mm-hmm. we're not experts, and you've given a great tip about that, putting it into one of your daily routines, so that's really good. And that podcast that I listened to, I think it was a crappy to happy podcast episode, that was really insightful as well about how to practice it when you think that you're not good at it or you think you can't do it or you think it's just all woo-woo, how to get past that and just do it anyway. And so I really do want to get an expert in to talk about that. So we're just going to lightly go over a couple of things. Um, so the first way to practice mindfulness is to do actual mindfulness meditation. Mindfulness is a state of being and meditation is the practice of that. So it's sort of like... Um, mindfulness is the running of the marathon and meditation is the training and the diet, all that you do in preparation for that. And so if that analogy works, I don't know if it does or not, but that's what sort of the meditation is. So if you can find a time to practice a mindfulness meditation regularly, every day is recommended, then that's going to help it filter down through the rest of the thing. And you talked about the idea of making one process that you do in the day really mindful and that it becomes sort of like a meditation. A lot of people think of meditation as sitting down on the floor with your legs crossed uh, and chanting. And that is definitely one type of Meditation, and there are different types. Again, this is where I want to get an expert in, but that's one type. But you can also meditate while you're folding or you're making tea as well, because all it is about is about focusing. And usually, you focus when you're doing a meditation, you focus on your breathing. But you can also focus on the process that you're doing. You can focus on the senses, the things that you're touching and feeling and seeing as well. And um, so that becomes like a meditation. So it's actually not that out of reach for those of us who think, oh, "I can't do that. I just get." Bored or I'm busy or my mind wanders that's all really normal your mind's meant to wander it's what it does the key is to notice that wandering and bring it back again and every time you notice it wandering it and you bring it back you're rewiring you're making those new neural connections and that's the benefit of the the meditation practice so if you're finding uh I'm trying to meditate or I'm trying to do this because you know, there's loads of apps you can do five ten minute Meditations, guided meditations through apps. So it's a really good way to do it. And if you think, oh, I'm no good at that because I keep thinking of other things, that's fine. That you're meant to because that's how you rewire. It's when you, it's the, the key is to come back from those thoughts as soon as you can and you get better at that over time. But even still, you'll never be perfect at it. You just get better at it.
0: Mm. I found that I did a month of mindfulness. It was a, a challenge that I found somewhere online. And I tried a few different guided meditations, but for me, I found the ones where people talked the whole way through were much more beneficial for me because. I would concentrate on what they're saying rather than the the ones that would start off. You know, like bring your attention to your body and your breathing, blah blah blah. And then there'd be a minute of silence, and then my little monkey brain would jump around, going, "What about this? What about this?"
1: Where, but that's what it's meant to do. "Mm -hmm." Like that's not a bad thing. You're thinking you're failing when that happens, but you're not. Does that make sense?
0: Mm, yeah. I, one of the techniques I think someone had suggested to me, if I wanted to quieten my brain to try and, you know, have the mental space to actually check in with how I'm feeling um, mm. rather than concentrating on what else is happening in my day, is to have a notepad and pen next to me and, like, when my brain jumps to, <gasps> I can't forget that I've got to pick so-and-so up from school today, uh, I write it down and then Mm. put the pen down and then go back to meditation. So it's like that thought can go out of my head now because I'm not going to forget it. It's written down. Yeah, Um, Yeah. That helped as well.
1: Yeah, that's a tip that they, that's a tip that the, I think it was Cassie on Crappy to Happy, that's the tip she gave as well, is if you must, if you get really anxious about that thought and you can't just let it go, uh, then, yeah, write it down. But ideally you would let it go, trusting that it will come back again when you're finished yeah mm. um and just watch it go and say goodbye to it and then come back to your focus uh, and that's but that's sort of you know not it's not a bad thing to have your mind wander and it's really normal um the key is to to remember to come back again uh, and it doesn't matter if you have to keep coming back constantly mm-hmm. um it's still it's still going to work it's still going to have a, a benefit so what else did you do in this challenge did you do
0: oh yeah, it was It was pretty much just experimenting with different meditation techniques I and am. durations. But it was, so it was around the same time that I went and did this mindfulness session with Kiki K. And one of the things they gave us there, which I thought was really useful, is this little acronym, which is STOP. So the S in STOP is for stop. <laughs> but then <laughs> um, the T is for take a breath the O is for open and observe, and the P is for proceed mindfully. And they said, just write that acronym with those words on a, on a poster or something, stick it onto your computer or stick it onto the front of your diary or stick it somewhere, you know, on the inside of the fridge, you know, whatever it is, just to remind you occasionally to stop, take that breath, think, Mm. how am I feeling? Acknowledge your feelings. It doesn't, you're not necessarily acting on anything. Just just like checking in with yourself and mm. then go, right, okay, carry on with my day carry but be on. aware of the space yeah. I'm taking up and and the way I'm feeling. And I thought that was really good because it's it's easy and, I you know, I like an easy option and yeah. it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel time consuming and I feel like I don't have to schedule that in my day. I can put a post-it note on the inside of my bathroom cabinet and when i'm brushing my teeth and i see mm. that little acronym of stop i can go okay yep just be here yeah and brushing your and teeth like is another
1: that. meditation too mm. there's lots of ways that you can put that that i put a meditation into your day and that's that stop acronym like having post around the place is a good way to do that and you know you could even go a bit further and make it a whole meditation. So the cleaning of the teeth becomes a meditation where you focus on the feeling of the brush, you know, on your gums and in your mouth, and your stance, and you know the feeling of your feet on the floor, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And that is another way of, of practicing that mindfulness. And that's that's what I that's what I do when I do the folding. I've just started doing it when I do my teeth, which is why I thought it was funny when you said that about the post-it in your bathroom because mm. I don't have the post-it there but I just try to do that that mindful thing. And also washing the dishes is another one for me where I'm trying to do it really mindfully and pay attention to the the feeling and the sensations. It's a bit harder for me because I wear gloves. <laughs> I think it would be better uh, if I didn't yep. wear gloves because I could feel things but I have to wear gloves because, you know, sensitive skin and all that stuff.
0: Uh. One area I think is really kind of overlooked in terms of mindfulness is eating, and oh, definitely, especially yes. breakfast and lunch. I mean, dinner maybe not so much, but breakfast and lunch. It's we all kind of just throw this fuel in our body <laughs> to crack on with the day, yeah. and it's like it's a bit Scuff like driving. You don't taste it, you don't notice the texture, mm. you just chug it down and get going. And so, yeah, I think sometimes. Uh, just going all right you know the, the crunch the texture the smell like there's so much like mm. I obviously love food but um <laughs> no but you're to, right it's, to really yeah. enjoy and be mindful through the process of of eating something and it's like wow who knew a sandwich could taste so amazing but when you stop and smell it and you know mm. actually taste it and enjoy the textures and all of that it's like yeah yeah right
1: yeah and don't be on your phone or be watching television. Or, I mean, obviously, if you've got a toddler around you, um, you, you can't really do it then. But if if you are on your own, or if you have the ability to be on your own when you're eating, just turn off all of the other stimulus. Don't sit on your phone. Just sit in the sun, or sit in you know, um, sit in somewhere comfortable, and just yeah, focus on the food and the how it's feeling and and all that kind of stuff and um if you can do that not all the time but do that fairly regularly that is like a meditation and that will Mm. you know help you get these benefits of of um, mindfulness
0: okay well hopefully we have planted the seed for you today so you can go away and brush your teeth mindfully or maybe eat your sandwich mindfully or whatever it is there will be a whole lot of links in our show notes for all the studies if you want to have a look further, dive deeper, a couple of the podcasts that Beck mentioned in case you want to find out a bit more. And um, we would love for you to connect with us through our Facebook community uh, or on Instagram and tell us about any of your mindfulness practices that, that you like or you recommend. Share them. We would love, love to hear your tips and your recommendations. Mm, for sure.
1: Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all of your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.